Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody always asks why, I'm here to ask, why not? I'll be breaking down the mindsets of guests as well as my own in a bit to find out what makes people say, why not? Okay, hello and welcome back to Why Not. So today I am interviewing Denise McCarthy, Denise McCarthy of Happy Zest Nutrition. Now Denise is a little bit different from the other nutritionists I've, I've had on. She's actually a dietitian, which she explains the difference in in our in the start of the episode. And we actually talk a lot about child nutrition today and how to deal with the likes of fussy eaters and helping children get more balanced diet or different weight issues with children. So main focus on this, we do talk a little bit about adult nutrition as well. But again, we do focus mostly on children and she deals with these and she deals with a lot of different issues as well. She's also a FODMAP trained dietitian. So if anyone is struggling with IBS, she is someone you can go to to help you through the process. And yeah, so as ever, sit back and relax or walk and listen, whatever way you like to enjoy the podcast. Here is my episode with Denise McCarthy. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Why Not podcast. Today I've got Denise McCarthy and Denise McCarthy is a dietitian here in Dublin. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get Denise to actually explain to you uh, what a dietitian is because they are slightly different from nutritionists. So Denise, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be here, Chrissy, and to be invited on your podcast. Um, so I suppose the yeah the question of the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist um, is kind of oh God, it, it, yeah, it's it's something that would crop up from time to time. Even people would ask me. Um, dietitians are um, are, are they have a registered. Uh, qualification to their name um, nutritionists also can be qualified but they're not registered and what does that mean um, so when you say that a dietitian is registered it means that they have to follow a code of practice and koru are their kind of governor body where they will be audited um, nutritionists don't have that registration process so in turn what does that mean it means that unfortunately nutritionists also can be qualified in the sense of have a degree like dietitians, but there's no guarantee that they may. So a nutritionist can be called after maybe doing a, a year course or an online course, or equally if they've done a master's in nutrition or a degree in nutrition. So that's one difference. Um, another kind of, uh, I suppose, difference in their role is dietitians can be employed by the HSE or NHS whatever um, you identify with um, they can work in hospitals um, they can work with GPs and they advise on medical conditions as well as lifestyle conditions um, nutritionists can advise on lifestyle um, sports nutrition industry product development um, and dietitians can also uh, kind of fill in that role as well um, so that's really kind of the two differences really the, that the dietitians are registered so you know that anyone that has dietitian in their title they definitely have gone they've studied either for four and a half years or they've gone on to do a master's and they are qualified with nutritionists of course there's plenty of really good nutritionists out there that are qualified but because of their title is not registered 
you've no guarantee that the advice you're getting from a nutritionist is actually from a qualified nutritionist. Um, so that's kind of the difference. And obviously then, as I said, in the role that they go into in the professions. Um, so I don't know if that's any clearer, but... <laughs> no, I think it does. I think it's, it's, um, it's a common theme. We were just saying before we started recording, like with PTs and the likes of dietitians, like it's very easy or nutritionists more so that like anyone can kind of do a little course or do something and claim with that. And if they've enough followers basically yeah. people take what they say as gospel and it's really important especially with this because it comes to your health as well it's not just diet crazes and stuff like that it's you need to know yeah. someone who's like who knows what they're doing talking about like well, th well that's it it's about prevention ill health and then if ill health unfortunately strikes you it's knowing the right advice of how to get out of that you know, that makes sense yeah. so it's not about oh well you know, whatever health complications I may encounter, that's in 20, 30 years time, it's the foundation happens now. And equally, if you get wrong advice and overload your body with a certain nutrient or you don't take enough nutrients of certain, you know, carbohydrates or protein, you know, if the imbalance is wrong, that equally can have detrimental effects in your health that people don't realize it. It's more kind of the instant kind of, let's get it done now let's get yeah. the results done now um so that that's the problem really it's the slow yeah, we burner want, we want everything yesterday don't we we don't yeah want yeah yeah that's it you know and how did you one. get into this area of work um well i i've been a long time now in this area so i've been nearly 20 years practicing as a dietitian and um I got into it i suppose i always wanted to get into i went into catering first of all and I did home economics. And then um, I wanted to get more into the advisory role um, of kind of nutrition, diet, et cetera. So I, I kind of grew an interest kind of in special diets. And, mm. um, and then I realized like that, I was looking at all the different courses and I thought, you know, I just don't want to do a short course. I want to go back. So I went back to college and did four and a half years <laughs> very long but it was worth it I really enjoyed it and um, a hard course to do um, and yeah so since then then I went into working in a hospital and then working with GPs and also working in different areas I, I've worked in lots of different clinical settings um, so it's it's, it's, it's it, that's one thing about being a dietitian the area of work is quite varied um, yeah. and interesting you know so it's yeah, but you have to have a real passion for it because it's hard work as well as regards to the study. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. It doesn't feel as bad, though, if you really are interested in it, though, isn't it, when if you're going for something like that? Yeah, I think it, it's it's very much so that you really have to have, as I said, an interest in it and, and kind of um, a genuine kind of, uh, oh, God, it's it kind of getting the right advice or giving the mm. right information. Um, one thing, though, Chrissy, it's, I'm sure you find this as well, there's one thing in giving, you know, good advice, but it's the doing of it. It's, it's people implementing that advice is a whole other kind of uh, way of delivering information. It's getting people to do it and to be able to be consistent with the advice. Um, but yeah, you have to have a real passion. And, and I think that comes across as well when you do have that passion for your job or the information you're giving someone, people pick up on that as well. So it kind of has a knock-on effect, hopefully, and how they the more likely to listen to you then <laughs> yeah that's it and how they take up on it yeah definitely you know um so 
as you did say, you do with a wide range of things. But one of the things you were saying, or I saw, is you deal with children's health. And is there any yeah. kind of your trends you're seeing with children these days, or is it more like sick children, or kind of children who maybe just have dietary issues you deal with, or you see? Yeah, I it's it's a whole um, like it would be GP referrals or a pediatrician would refer, or else parents themselves um, refer in as well. Um, so it, there's a whole range of from fussy eaters, food allergies to. Um, but what's called failure to thrive, fail, a child fails to grow in, in, in kind of simple language, but basically they may not um, grow according to where they're expected to be growing on a, a growth chart. Um, and also obesity is a huge issue. Um, and a lot of them will be fussy eaters, what they classify, they don't eat you know, a wide range of foods. And they're the most common, really, areas I'd see. And then there are there are quite sick children as well who yeah. be chew fed and stuff. But it's mainly um, the areas I spoke about there, just about trying to one group not really eating well enough, and the other overeating in the sense of obesity. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So the overeating part that really, I mean, children will mirror what they see. So it really is the practices at home and how they eat, how they shop, how they plan meals. It's all the children pick up on, on that um, and they will literally carry on the habits of their parents or their siblings. Um, how stress-free an environment is when they're actually eating meals also contributes to how well they'll eat. Now that's all well and said and you can read that in a textbook or you can hear that from a dietitian, but equally parents will eat you know, the most healthiest of food and you still may get a fussy eater or you still, you know, but generally the trend is, um, especially really what I'm referring to, Chrissy, actually is, is children who are overweight. They will mimic what they see. Now, I'm not suggesting that every overweight child, there's overweight parents, but generally habits are picked up by yeah. what, what what's brought in. Um, and there's no easy solution. You never put a child on a diet or weight reduction diet or start just you know eliminating foods or just start giving them fruit only as, as snacks and you know you teach them then about what's good food and what's bad food which is not everything in moderation yeah. so it's no extremes um because then the child will either one rebel and start eating more and start comfort eating and that will be a release are to they associate food with guilt you know it's 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 the whole behavioral part component as well mm. so basically it's just out there on the, on the pitch <laughs> you use up the energy that way you know keep the the food consistent you know even if they are eating a large amount don't do any different just don't add more to it just keep it as is and get them moving more to try and because they will grow and they will balance out the over energy kind of intake with their growth but if you keep on adding more bad habits to that bad habits that are already there then it's, it's going to be harder so that's yeah that's it it's, yeah. it's that's nearly a whole podcast in itself but it, it's yeah it's, uh, I suppose even like you were saying like it comes from the parents and what they buy and what they bring into the house and like obviously the parents of like children now or you know teenagers and stuff at the moment like they would have been grown up with the bad food good food scenario so it's kind of you almost have to teach them not to teach their kids the same thing as well isn't it yeah and sometimes I think 
parents, they may want to improve on what, you know, through their own health goals and then pass it on. And they might be over eager to try, okay, no, I'm really going to, you know, and it's trying to take a step back nearly and say, no, listen, it's about moderation, you know? So it's trying to get them to rethink about not to be too extreme as well in their viewpoint of what a healthy diet is. Um, yeah. I think if you were to ask people what they thought a healthy diet, they would give the most, especially when a dietitian asked them, they'll give the most, you know, beautiful <laughs> diet history, or as we call it history, a diet intake for the day. <clears throat> That's not really on. Um, so it's really mentioning all the foods, like, you know, what I'd say, have a treat, but it's a small treat. It's not like a big, huge uh, packet of crisps sorry you know everything's got got distorted anyway over the years portion sizes etc but it's including all the food groups but you're right it, it, it's retraining the parents as well and getting the right information and education to them you know without being too prescriptive you know yeah yeah like it, it's just ex explaining because I said they as I said children will pick it up off their parents so if the parents that's say it. no you can't eat that that's <clears throat> bad now the kid's going to form that in their yeah in their brain as well yeah exactly um, yeah one thing I think about when parents um, say with takeaways are with, say, kind of going out for dinner. Well, mind you, going out for dinner at the moment is kind of off, but they don't know how to They go overboard or they use mm -hmm. food to um, celebrate, which, of course, should be used to celebrate, but kind of to reward. Whereas um, the takeaway course should happen <laughs> and, um, you know, the treats should happen, but it should be like instead of every weekend, every second weekend or if you want chocolate every day, great, have chocolate every day, but make it a uh, small uh, chocolate buttons mixture into yogurt. Do you know what I mean? Or, and you're getting a bit, maybe a banana in with the yogurt or something. And yeah, it's that kind of, you know, mm. it's not sensationalizing treats either. That's, I suppose, what I'm trying to say, you know. Yeah. Do the parents get a bit apprehensive when you ask about what the diet's like? Because you're talking yeah. about the perfect diet. Like, are they afraid to tell you that, oh, I had chocolate yesterday or, you know? Yeah, like you, you, you try to disarm them and almost like I'm volunteering what I have eaten myself. Like, you know, you, you really are trying to kind of make it a safe place, but it's just to make it, it's okay. You know, it doesn't matter where you are right now. You know, it's literally just, let's see what we can improve on if anything does need to be improved. Um, but it's more the fact that, um yeah and, and that can be they can be quite what I'd call it defensive you know and you're just trying to relax them into making sure that listen you're doing nothing wrong we yeah. just want to put certain things right do you know what I mean if that makes sense so it's it's, it's very much and that becomes um this a behavior change not just for the child but also for the parent and what I mean by behavior change is um that no dietitian really can give a prescriptive diet. Okay, this is what we eat. It, you also look at how are you going to get the person to do the changes? You know what I mean? Yeah. And in this case, it would be the parents um, because that's where it starts, you know? So, and you're looking at things, say if there was five, six things they need to work on, let's pick three. And that even goes for adults as well. It's not just parents and their children. It's just, let's just do small, small changes and work on that rather than giving, you know, you know, three fruit and then no snacks, you know, you know what I mean? You can't give them no cake, no fun. Yeah. A, a juice, uh, you know, every day and nuts and fruit for in between meals. That doesn't work either. You know, are people actually surprised when you say that about doing it gradually and bringing in things as opposed to 
did they expect um, you to go we're going to overhaul everything you're not allowed chocolate you're not allowed everything yeah I think they some people do want change now and you know some people for parents I suppose too yeah for parents would be more um they might be relieved because they realize okay I can go at Johnny's pace now you know I don't need to scare I don't need and I have a whole plan where I can take my time with this and when I explain about the growth of a child as well that that gives it a leeway into you know the energy will be used up for his growth you know what I mean yeah for adults um some people there's different types of people some people want it here and now and they just may not like that kind of of heaven's sake and you're really trying to teach them the consistency piece to everyday habits and practices will actually get you there even though you feel it's slower if you just take your time in tackling one thing at a time there that can be frustrating for people but you're really trying to teach them the consistency of just keep on repeating that habit and getting good habits in there other people then who've come to me are actually relieved thinking oh thank god i don't have to do the let's lose a stone for whatever what time bank holiday weekend vibe you know what i mean there's a but it can be but i think the ones then who are really kind of works well is when they've tried a lot of stuff before and it doesn't really work and they realize, okay, I need to kind of, you know, refocus or, re- or have a different insight into how I can, as I said before, that behavior change piece and to be able to make the changes in their diet and lifestyle. I suppose when they're working with um, children and the parents are working with the children, they want to do it for their child, where sometimes it can be harder for, for say, a person who's coming for their own physical health or whatever, trying to convince them, would you find that at all? Or is it the case of they might be burned out with I've, I've done every other diet that's come out in the last few years and they're like, look, I'll do it slowly. I just want to feel good about myself. Yeah, I think um, for adults, like say, working on their own goals, um, you see, it's what you said earlier on, Chrissy, like Instagram, which is great, God, but like there's so much information mm. there now that it's almost information overload and especially in the past year when we've all kind of lived in virtual land um and it's great it's really positive i mean i'm all for you know positive social kind of media stories as well it's a positive platform but the negative is it can be almost too much and it's trying to pull apart what is important and then also what applies to you and what motivates you so you can get kind of like advice fatigue almost where you almost just have too much and you just so it's in conjunction with that too much information and then everything they've tried before they don't know what works so it's really just trying to simplify it make it one kind of step at a time with that consistency and really keep on bringing them back to that and then as they progress through a program then they realize okay it's kind of almost like a stress relief kind of thing. They see, um, see it's better. It's... Yeah, yeah. But that, that's, that's difficult for people because, you know, they just, especially especially people who've gained weight, for example, in the past year, um, they just want to see it, especially if lockdown is lifting or whatever, they want to kind of get rid of the weight and everything. But it, it, it doesn't quite happen like that. You have to yeah. kind of do it slowly, you know, I think I think as well people forget, like, did say for instance uh stone they want to lose in two weeks like it didn't take two weeks to come yeah like you built it. it up over six months so theoretically going the other way but they don't yeah. see that they go no i want to go now they want to go now but the thing is you don't want it revisiting again so mm. if you take your time losing it um 
it's it's not going to come back. Whereas if you lose it in two weeks, I guarantee you in three months, you're going to have an ad, another stone added onto it. And that whole psychological kind of seesaw approach to your health, you might be able to get away with that approach in your 20s, but in your 30s, 40s, 50s, it, it catches up with you and it, it plays a detrimental um, relationship with your own mental health and food. You know what I mean? It's, it's, so it's really just to take the foot off the accelerator and just slow down and really rejig and what's important and just you will get there it may take three months or six months but then that's you then you have to focus on maintaining it rather than boom 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 you know it's it's a you just you know if anything I think lockdown it's trying to retrain your brain and to do things a different way you know yeah like lockdown has forced us to slow down so now when we, re- we come back to normal realize take that slow approach yeah, to everything yeah. and it'll be better yeah. off yeah well I think it's just kind of you know accepting okay where what what, what can I achieve how do I go about it okay that, on we go and it, any kind of change is difficult it, it's not easy like I'll never forget when I was doing um oh god it was kind of like a train the trainer on this obesity course yeah and I remember one thing the instructor that said to us we're all either uh dietitians or GPs, healthcare professionals for attending this course, basically. And she says, when you're given advice on weight loss, the one thing you have to impart to your patient or client is they are actually going to be hungry. And this is, is a kind of people forget that it's uncomfortable for change. Mm -hmm. So it's not to say they are going to be starving if they're eating the right nutritious kind of rich foods, they won't be hungry like they would eat, say, really high sugary food. I mean, obviously, the more nutrition you have in your diet, the better your body is going to be fueled and the less likely you're going to have cravings, etc. However, change is always going to be difficult. You're always going to have that craving for the initial few days, week or so. That change is hard. Once you accept that and know that and know they will pass, then you are, but you have to coach people through that transition as well. Um, So it's not to say they're going to be, I suppose hungry might be the wrong word, but that change is uncomfortable when they get used to a different type of food, if they're not used to eating a certain way. Um, So that's something that, and then once people understand that, but they, and that it passes, then I think the change becomes easier, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, you're you're right about that. Um, But as well, also, I think, you be a little bit hungry and a little bit uncomfortable. You shouldn't be absolutely starving. No. Oh no. And if and that's a different thing. Oh yeah. yeah. If you're yeah, if you're starving yourself for weight loss, yeah, that's another. That's another. very grand of nonsense, really. Yeah. 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 No. 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 It has to be good. Yeah. Nutrition. I knew. I knew you weren't saying that, but I just like to clarify for anyone going like, "Geez, I'm starving all the time." Oh, that's normal. The yeah, 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 no, yeah. no. No. It's okay. No, no, no. You're slightly hungry yeah. while well, your body's no. adapting to less calories. That's it. But... That's it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, do you know what it is? It's like the opposite of that Christmas dinner type of feeling. So if you were to overeat every day, you'd have that really full kind of feeling. After a while, you get used to that and your stomach adjusts and then it wants more food. It's the same when you're reducing your intake. Your stomach is a slightly hungry, but not really. And then you're fine. After a few days, then you get used to, or it could be a week or two. Some clients of mine, it takes two weeks for them to adjust their appetite to the lesser varied different type of intake um but yeah it's that kind of slightly uncomfortable but you're right Chrissy they shouldn't be starving that's a whole yeah. other 
podcast for someone else <laughs> not- oh yeah no like I knew that's not what you meant but, you know yeah I just like to be yeah, careful yeah. just so someone like it's, it's like it's that difference between kind of being a little bit hungry and all you're thinking about is food yeah, yeah that's yeah, kind of yeah. it's like yeah. if that's dictating your whole day that's yeah, the yeah, other yeah, extreme yeah. yeah exactly and that, that goes in in that in that you have to eat right you have to eat a lot of good food um mm. to give you the nutrition to help with that as well you know yeah so choices you make yeah, exactly. Like the idea, like of like bulking food up or higher protein stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Eating things that say low calories on them. Yes, exactly. Them. Yes. Actually, going back to the the kids and the fussy eating, how how do you deal with that, or is there different techniques you use for them, or? Well, really, it's 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 offering food, um, you know, not just once, you know, but a, a good few times. So. Say, for example, if they didn't like vegetables, which is quite common, I suppose, for children, you know, but it didn't, but you just offer one type of veg and every few days you just have it there and there's no fuss made. Um, so there's no kind of you have to eat this or if you don't eat this or look, your brother's eating, you know, so much mm. you can, you know, it's very relaxed. It's just there. Everybody else is eating whatever vegetables, not just, you know, him or her and um and and it just becomes part of the normal routine and that's all you do you just literally go at the relaxed the relaxed pace and that it's it's part of the everyday kind of meal prep they can be they also can get involved in preparation of the food or even just touching the food they don't even have to be involved in the cooking but just see it being washed maybe help washing the vegetable and that's it maybe that'll be that for the meal as regards yeah. the exposure to the veg but that basically that it's, it's there it's, it's very present and um, whether they see it being washed or they help washing it or they help in preparing it or cooking it or they might be offered taste of it whatever so that's one thing you can do um another thing is not to kind of stock up not to have uh you know snacks um in case they're hungry in between meals now you don't want your child to be hungry or starving or any of that kind of uh tactic either you want to make but that the meals are consistent so it's not necessarily you need to have breakfast every morning at quarter past seven between quarter seven quarter to eight and boom boom but that you always offer a breakfast you always offer a lunch you always offer a dinner and you offer snacks in between and there usually are similar types of snacks so again it doesn't have to be the the fruit and nut kind of uh healthy or smoothie or you know what I mean anything too extreme mm-hmm. it could be just you know a cream cracker with a slice of cheese mid-morning or a yogurt with maybe one or two chocolate buttons in it in the afternoon but that generally every afternoon not that every afternoon they need to have yogurt with a chocolate button in it but that every afternoon they're roughly getting a snack between three and four or whatever it depends on what routine you have in yeah. your house if you have dinner early or not but that consistency piece to planning out meals is important as well because whether you're a child or an adult, but particularly when you're trying to train your child into good eating habits, it's very important that their body knows when they're getting food. So equally that they're not getting too much food. So you want to give them a little bit as a snack, maybe mid-afternoon, but that they're hungry enough for dinner, that you haven't been to the park, for example, and given them, oh, we might be delayed in the car, I'll give them an extra packet of crisps. or You know what I mean? You start adding extras just in case, the just in case snacks. That disrupts the appetite. So I don't know, Chris, if I've answered that correctly. It's in the preparation, the seeing, the touching, the tasting of food in a very relaxed, 
doesn't matter whether you eat it or not type of atmosphere. And equally that the child is hungry at mealtimes in the sense of they're ready to eat, not that they're starving again to make a difference, but they're ready to eat. They've had enough fuel in the body to get on with their day, but that their body's expecting to be refueled. It's all about fuel rather than, you know, treats or kind of empty calories. So there are two approaches, you know, but it is, it can be a slow burner, you know, and you'd be amazed actually when you analyze kids' diets um, of what they, what we'd call it a diet history. When you put that into a computer package and look at the vitamins and minerals in particular, there are quite quite a good range of vitamins and minerals, even if they're not eating a very diet. So you don't have to be eating a huge rainbow of fruit and vegetables, for example, to get all the vitamins and minerals. Now, a different scenario is, yes, you should be eating a huge rainbow for your gut bacteria, but that's a different mm-hmm. scenario for adults. But just in the relate, for, so it's also to reassure parents that they, their child can be doing quite well, even if they're not having a very diet, but it's just be very relaxed. It's difficult. I know I'm a parent myself and I, it is difficult, but I think it's more difficult when you're the parent rather yeah. than you know, a health professional giving advice. So it's, it's always a tricky one. Yeah, we really grew up in the years of now. I wasn't a full eater, my sister was, and it was like, you're not leaving until you've eaten that. Yeah, <laughs> so. oh yeah. Or my day, it was like, listen, there's kids starving in Africa, you know, finish that food. And I know, <laughs> I know it, it's it's something that we've all had to, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and then of course you could say like busy drinks, sorry, I should mention busy drinks. It's not just kind of on scheduled snacks where you're coming home in the car and um, but fizzy drinks are equally the appetite kind of uh, damagers if that's the way to explain mm. them in the sense that they're empty calories and by what I mean by that is there are loads of calories in fizzy drinks but there's no nutrients and also they can interfere with the appetite and that they will give you that sugar rush or the sugar buzz and gas and fill up the stomach expand into the stomach and the child not be hungry you know it, it, it's kind of that's what I mean but empty calories it gives calories yeah. but does nothing for the body you know yeah um so yeah busy drinks out that's one way I will <laughs> I, was, I was relaxed with the, the odd chocolate treat but no no fizzy drinks <laughs> yeah I think that's a good that's good though with kids they probably shouldn't really be loading up no. on that stuff and they are from a very young age now aren't they yeah and even when you see them I mean okay you don't really see them playing sport they're only just that playing sport but say the times when they use play matches and it's had the Lucas they only need a bottle of Lucas if you're running a marathon you know like it's just you people are there's loads of those sports drinks and stuff there really are for sports people not just for you know a quick you know match you know or football game or whatever you know just normal water you know what I mean again it's just unnecessary calories that they're you're feeding into your child you know yeah and it's as you're saying like the appetite disruptor like not that you're trying to starve them but if they're fussy eater and they're not very hungry they have an opportune moment then to be like no I don't like that I'm not having that isn't it yeah, if they're a little yeah. more hungry they might be like mm, I'll try that <laughs> well it's just you want to be you're trying to train the appetite basically mm. so you want to be able to that it's not just random aimless snacks all the time whenever they want you want to say well no listen we're, we're going to have something now at two o'clock you know this is what we're having it's like you know you don't eat an hour beforehand or chocolate before a meal that will then you know it, it's trying to train them into that yeah. kind of good habits but it, it's difficult with it they, it's like what I was coming back to initially it's whatever they see so if you're tucking into the fridge yourself and having a couple of slices of cheese 
before you prepare dinner, they're going to see that. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's, it's a question of what healthy habits are there. I mean, I mean, not every day can be perfect for heaven's sake. It has to be, you know, I mean, there are, is going to be, are going to be days rather when things aren't balanced and yeah. people are rushing around and stuff like that. So it is important that, you know, that, that you have, I suppose, not necessarily consistency, but that there are, if there are certain days that are off kind of filter, that's okay too. And then you get back on the general norm is the consistency piece, if that makes sense. You know yeah, I mean? it's like the whole, not, the 80, 20 kind of thing, isn't it? Because life happens sometimes and no matter how yeah. perfect, oh, you yeah. never be 100% yeah. on a diet. No. So yeah, that's it. Like, yeah. And, and it's kind of been able to roll with that. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. You just reset you see, when you can. Yeah. But I think like people ask me this a lot too, like what about special in general, not just for kids, but just in general for adults. So what about special occasions or going well on holidays, but say Christmas or bank holidays, actually, this is a lot of questions I get lately. Um, you know, when something's out of kind of the normal routine and I says, yeah, but that's out of the normal routine. Your everyday habits, your everyday routine will kind of make up for that, you know? Yeah. So whatever way you eat that's out of the ordinary leave it out of the ordinary but if it starts translating into monday tuesday wednesday in a normal week then that's when the habits are starting yeah. to kind of go the opposite direction where you're if that makes sense so um yeah you're right chrissy life isn't going to be the same every day or you know you have beautiful you know packed lunches and <laughs> freshly struck straw strawberries and whatnot no you know what i mean it's going to be yeah. whatever's in the fridge and good luck and see you yeah i know i know off you yeah off you go yeah leave me alone <laughs> i love i love that you mentioned that about the bank holiday as well because i think when like people do they start to like obsess a bit more it's like oh sunday i'm off on monday Oh, that's it be game over it's like no you can still reset on Tuesday you don't have yeah. to like yeah. it doesn't have yeah. to start perfectly every Monday yeah or I said to a client once um she was saying oh my god takeaway on Friday I said why don't you have a takeaway on Tuesday okay why, why don't you just you know not train your brain that it's always the weekend just go or even midday Wednesday just have maybe a just you know rejig rejig how you do things you know what I mean it doesn't all have to be focused but we do associate different days or different events with and, and that's fine too for heaven's sake but you're right as long as the Tuesday you're back into your normal routine you know um is very important yeah it doesn't go off do you find actually uh do you come across many adults who are very fussy eaters from childhood or did do, do they tend to grow out of it or is it really a lot of them I've actually you know that's a very interesting question I've never really um I suppose there's you know they tend their taste generally tend to change or they tend to adapt to think to when they go away on holidays or with the partners or their own family but yeah there mind you when I, I'm kind of thinking about it now as I answer you there are have been one or two that I've come across um that will persistently never eat vegetables you know or they won't I know one <laughs> of them uh, yeah it's it's funny you know and yeah very healthy you know individual um uh, but he came to me for reduced cholesterol, you know, and mm. um, one of the guy, uh, pieces of advice is, you know, to increase your fruits and vegetables. He said, don't eat any at all. And we just, it was a funny conversation actually, it just came from that he never did. Yeah, so do you know what? There's no kind of general rule, I suppose, really. I shouldn't generalize. Generally, most adults so will. I mean, actually, a lot of adults, regardless whether they're fussy eaters or not, um, they don't eat we in, we just don't eat enough fruit and vegetables so that's a different yeah. you know kind of I suppose example but um and then you're that's coming into you know 
behavior change and trying to get people to change their habits and yeah. when they're in their 30s 20s 30s 40s it's probably harder than when they're eight and you can be like look look at the carrot yeah. a bit of carrot yeah. <laughs> well generally those people get older especially when they start coming into their 40s they realize mm, okay there is a bit of a health component to this mm. you know um so people who want to change or come to me who want to change they will generally want to make that change because they know there's a reason you know um so that can be a good motivator but again it can be hard to stick them to the habit you know what I mean it's it's just trying to motivate people feel a bit better they're like I go back to the old way yeah 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 so it's just keeping them on track really is a challenge is it generally then like health factors that would promote them to change or is there any well it depends I suppose in my area being a dietitian it would be I suppose GP referrals would be medical conditions you know okay. that, would be, that would be from anything from diabetes to um cholesterol to kidney disease celiac disease um inflammatory bowel disease so Crohn's disease ulcerative colitis uh, actually I, I do a lot of work with gut health so um it would be I, I don't know if you've heard anyway it'd be low, low FODMAP uh, diet and mm. eating well for your gut um, so it's it's a lot of people would kind of I'd get referrals or even self-referrals as I said for those areas it's quite broad that list but I kind of mainly um, deal with gut health really is, is a lot mm. of my kind of common um, and IBS I suppose related issues as well with gut health um, so that would be one area where people would would want to come and and get advice and they'd be kind of motivated as well um but when I might see them say six months or a year down the road they may not be still practicing the advice so it's just to keep up you know what I mean um although and I say that too Chrissy when people get results they usually then will keep on going so that's yeah that's not fair to say as well so definitely that people do and they I think when they do get results it makes a difference um and then other people then at large would be like when they see their body changing as they grow older and aging and um they want to stay just generally fit and healthy so um I suppose kind of appearances would might guide them you know what I mean and not wanting to gain weight or lose weight if they have gained weight which can be quite common and also um as you get older people don't use their body maybe as much as they should so they lose muscles you're trying to retrain them into how important it is to retain muscle and gain muscle without and you're really and forever trying to you know get that myth you're not going to turn into Ireland Schwarzenegger you're just trying to protect your bones the more as yeah. I say the, fir- the firmer the cushion the softer the fall so what I mean by that is the cushion basically is your muscle wrapped around your bone so if you have good muscle tone you're less likely to deal with bone fracture fractures osteoporosis it's it's a uh, muscle health and vitamin d and protein intake all those have a knock-on effect in how uh well your body ages and how anyway you know it's a yeah. no it's no a whole... I, I love i love how you mentioned the the arnold schwarzenegger thing because um i swear if i had like a euro for every time someone said i don't want to get bulky <laughs> yeah i wouldn't have to work I, anymore i'd be sorted like. yeah i know i know uh, people yeah think that if they really start doing weights and if they take you know well you have to be careful obviously with the amount of protein you take but you know to they need to eat enough protein um that's really what will feed the muscle and it's it's getting that without feeling no you'd have to be you know <laughs> impossible <laughs> become, I'm always you like, know. Do, do you think I'm bulky I've been trying yeah. this for 10 years it's, it's not happening <laughs> 
I know, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, but that, but that, 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 I suppose that would be another reason why people would want to be get advice or, mm. or come get referrals, you know. I think uh, when you're mentioning as well the IBS and stuff like that, definitely with that, if people have struggled for it for a long time, they do tend to put the work in because it's just such an uncomfortable condition to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like a a, a dysfunctional functioning disorder. So yeah. by that I mean it's you're not really functioning well, but you're actually going about your own business. You're most of the time you're not sick at home in bed. You're just going about your day to day life, but you could be in real agony or cramps mm. or you know your quality of life is greatly affected by IBS like symptoms. Um, even that brain fog that people might talk about, you know what I mean? You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to have stomach cramps. So yeah, it, it's, but people get great results though with that. Um, there's a special diet now called low FODMAP. So that's the people are getting great results from that. So it's, it's um, and again, it's not a long-term diet. It, that is, I suppose, a more kind of dietetic kind of uh, guided kind of um, session, but it, it's, it does it makes a huge difference to the gut health and how they improve the symptoms yeah i know i have heard of the the low bottom up i think it's like it's definitely something you have to do with a dietitian don't you because i think many people just end up in the elimination phase and then that's right and it's so important then if you don't reintroduce no you may not suit you to reintroduce certain foods but if you don't start reintroducing foods, you won't know if you're tolerant to them. And the whole idea is then that you increase the variety of foods, in particular, you know, those probiotic type of foods, and um, and that improves the gut bacteria, the good the good stuff in the gut. Uh, and that's what you want. You want plenty of good good bacteria there, you know. So um, yeah, but no, it, it's easier actually if it's with a dietitian because you can get again what we're saying at the beginning of this, Chrissy, that uh, there's loads of information there mm. on uh, on wonderful Google World, but um, you need to be guided through to do it correctly and to know what you're doing. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think my sister, um, she focused on IBS as a nutritionist, and when she first found out about it, she was basically handed a sheet by the doctor and like low FODMAP, try that off, you go. And she yeah. realized it's like now she's like, no, 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 you need someone who's trained in it, who can guide you through it, because you can just be like, oh, I can't eat 10 different things. I can never eat them again. And yeah, it's so much anxiety. Yeah, because it yeah, that's it. And I think especially with IBS, the anxiety piece as well can be ignored or overlooked. And that really does affect because. The cells in the lining of your gut are almost considered now like the second brain. They're so sensitive to the nerve endings there in the cells and the gut wall are pick up on how you feel. And that also constricts the movement um, in that area. So it's very important, the more relaxed that you are within. Obviously, we can't all go around Zen like, but it's to be mindful, basically, of the stresses that will affect that area. And you're right, anything that's sort of given and you really want it to work, but you don't have maybe the right guidance, it's going to add more to that stress. So, yeah, it it's definitely takes a, the headache out of it, really. Yeah, exactly. So if you are thinking doing it, go to someone who's yeah. trained and it'll help you choose. Yeah. Just for yourselves, well, as you said, like the stress and anxiety, it's going to add to those symptoms. And yeah. and it only just needs like generally it's just three sessions. That's generally what I do is, um, is three sessions with someone over a period of time. It's not like mm-hmm. you're going to a dietitian every month for a year. It's just um, 
it should be over three sessions. Now, sometimes people might want to come back, but generally that's what it would be. It's yeah, not it's not as, I suppose, makes it less daunting then if you think it's only a couple of sessions yeah. as well. Yeah, oh yeah, and that's what it only should be really, yeah. Cool. So I think that is most of everything with the one exception of my favourite little question that I like to ask. And Denise, what is the best advice that you've ever gotten? Um, life or diet? <laughs> Uh, life <laughs> you can try um, and diet advice well if you want okay i think <laughs> you can pick life, two as well you don't pick one okay, exact one i'll pick two then okay mm. um life um i think this too will pass okay yeah. i love that expression um because no matter what you're going through it will pass and equally equally though it can apply to diet and change i'm not to bring this in purpose but it will because you know time will move on and what will you have achieved you know so and time moves on very quickly yeah. so it's where you are now and like what I said coming back to those habits whatever you change in six months time they'll be second nature they'll be like just brushing your teeth so time moves on anyway so why not make the change while so it will pass the discomfort mm -hmm. what we're saying and getting there but that more so I love that expression this too will pass in just in general life you know um for diet I think it's just take one thing I remember um I remember saying this to someone close to me and I forgot I'd said this and they gave me the advice back to me and I didn't, I forgot I'd said some, but she said it really helped her. She says, just take one thing and master that. Keep yeah. it really simple, really simple and get that sense of achievement. And once you get that, or that, and then you see, start seeing the results of maybe that one thing, then build on that. So just one thing, really simple achievement. That's the thing. Yeah, no, that's that's brilliant. And I think that also works in life. Like you can focus on something really small and then build yeah. from there. I think everyone looks at the mountain and goes, can't fix that. Well, the, it, you get overwhelmed. You get mm -hmm. that paralysis feeling, don't you? Like, it's just like, what do I do? Where, how, what? And then stagnant, nothing happens, you know? Yeah. And then time moves on. This too will pass. <laughs> but seriously, you know what I mean? It's just to make it really doable, small goals. Mm -hmm. I like the time yeah. is going to pass anyway, so why wouldn't you That's start it. making That's tiny, exactly it. tiny yeah. little steps, even if it's like something like it's it's not it's it's something it's nothing. It's not. That's nothing. it. <laughs> no, no, no. But you but you're, you're hitting the nail in the head, Chrissy. It really is. It's it's it is something. And to do yeah. whatever small change, it will become something rather than do nothing. And six months later, oh god, I must do this. Oh, I don't know where to start. That whole confusion, you know, it's just to chisel away mm. out of that thought process. You know, I think it's, it's a real mindset shift getting to that, isn't it? Getting to go yeah. just to that. It's mindset just shift, as, yeah. But um, I, I'd be kind of thinking while you're trying to think about it, just do one thing. So whether it's mm -hmm. exercise, just I remember a, a very quick story when I told this lady, I said, just put on your runners while you're watching Carnation Street. <laughs> I says, on the break, just put on your run. That's all I want you to do for a week. Now, when Carnation Street's finished, I want you just to go out the door and walk to the nearest lamppost you know just get the action the momentum yeah. and sure enough then she she actually her body started get oh god the runners it, it triggered the association walk she just went out for a five minute walk she eventually builds up to a half an hour and then she you know she got into the habit of walking so it's very simple obviously example but it just goes show how your mindset you're just triggering that part of your brain into action so yeah. you know Anyway, that's brilliant though. This show just does that, that little one thing and just how it builds and um, yeah. snowballs. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah.
but uh, yeah so that I think is everything Denise I just want to where can everybody find you oh yeah so um so it's happy if they email me happy zest nutrition um and so it's basically happy zest nutrition at gmail.com so um you can get me that way um yeah as, as I said you can self-refer or a GP if you have some sort of medical a GP can refer into me as well so either or Brilliant. Thanks very much, Chrissy. It's lovely chatting to you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It was great. And so much information there. I think it's brilliant. Cover. We covered a lot of things in such yeah, a short amount of yeah, time. Absolutely. And then just as ever with me, I'm still on Instagram and TikTok at Chrissy H Fitness. So thank you again for joining us, Denise. Great stuff. Thanks. Thank you again for listening to the Why Not podcast. It really means a lot that you are listening in and I would love if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify. And always, I'd love to hear feedback personally. So if you do want to leave me a message and let me know how you found the podcast, please do.